a lot of questions on floaters these days. And and actually, I, I'm doing a, a thought or a lecture because this blue light that's emanating from these monitors and things mm-hmm. are increasing your eyes, but it's also causing damage to the retina. And thank you so much for joining us for Shot Callers. I am Carrie Bigford, TFUC's Outreach Director, and I am joined by a wonderful guest, Dr. Seema Nanda. Dr. Nanda is a clinical professor at University of Houston College of Optometry. She is a faculty advisor with the Young Conservatives of Texas at the University of Houston. She is a national delegate at the Republican National Convention. She is a member of the Right Docs of History group. She is a co-host of the Freedom Radio Show. She is an author of patriotic poetry books and an inventor of the Nanda Ocular Forceps. She is an incredible woman, and I am so happy to welcome her here today. Thank you so much, Dr. Nanda. I'm an incredible uh, audience with you, uh, Ms. Bigford, because without you, uh, I don't know I would be here talking to you because of what you've done and uh, making choice a a good word again um, and, and having that option of choosing to put something that we don't know what's doing to our bodies, and now we're seeing it, especially ocularly. Um, I don't know if your audience even knows what's happening to the eyes with these. uh, I don't call it a vaccine. Uh, I really call it a viral injection because all you're doing is injecting a particular part of the virus into the body. And that is replicating at phenomenal rate and causing a lot of damage to different body parts, including the eyes. Yeah. You are the first doctor that was an optometrist and a medical liberty fighter that shared with me that there was even a connection between COVID vaccine injuries and eye problems. Could you share more about what you've been seeing in your practice? I wish I didn't have to, but I guess we do. Um, In fact, I've even written it because I am a professor and I also teach doctors. um, I've taught thousands and thousands of doctors throughout the United States, um, given over 500 lectures internationally on eye disease. And uh, when the world shut down, I, instead of being able to travel and teach the doctors live, uh, I created my own, uh, heard it through the grapevine, CE or continued education. And I've been teaching that online since so the world shut down March, Friday the 13th, March 13th. And I created this on March 31st inverse, boom. And um, every single week I've been teaching different things uh, about ocular disease. Now, when I started seeing things when the vaccine was rolled out, you know, they never add two plus two equal four anymore. It's like, is it causality or is it coincidence? Well, I'm having a lot of coincidences that keep happening in my practice. And, and then I thought I should share that with other doctors because it's not just me. It can't be. And you know, when the world shut down again, I had to start my own practice. Um, everything changed. Uh, I was in a large multidisciplinary ophthalmology group, and um, I just saw lots of different things that were happening. And I said, you know, I can't do this anymore. I've just got to do my own thing. So not the brightest idea to open a practice in the world shutting down. But hey, you know, God provides. And he's been very I've been very thankful for him because um, I've now got to do what I need to do to help these people. And they're just finding me from everywhere. So one of the things, so let's, let's just kind of delve into, wait, do I have my, I do. Do you mind if I share my eyeball with you? And that way I can explain. You can share your eyeball for sure. Thank you. This this is the best way to explain it because, you know, as a professor, it's not just doing it. It's see one, do one, teach one. Here's Mm -hmm. my eyeball. So, oh. The lens just shifted in flight. But anyway, so just to give you just a kind of a basic 101, because I realize a lot of the times uh, patients don't know the cornea from the retina, from the front to the back. So I just want to give a quick little overview. So the front of the eye, this is the clear part. That's the cornea. And behind it, you have the colored part of the eye, which is the iris, which makes me brown eyed and you hazelish, blue, green, whatever. Yeah, blue, green. Blue, oh, yeah, something. Anyway, so each one of us is different. And then if I, you know, decapitate this guy, this is the lacrimal gland. It's not a, it's not a tumor. Oh, yeah, I kind of do my accents. But anyway, so this is the lacrimal that sits behind this frontal bone, which produces the tears and coats the cornea. If I, like I said, decapitate my little guy, I can. 
sometimes he doesn't want to come apart. But anyway, unlike the vaccine, which is causing everything to come apart. Um, well, I can't get it apart. But anyway, so behind it, inside, is the retina. And the retina is supplied by blood vessels, which comes off the heart. So the heart comes in the aorta and everything. And then you've got the internal carotid. And that goes in behind the eye and creates off to the ophthalmic artery. So what have we been hearing the most of? Dr. McCullough's been, oh, here we go. Dr. McCullough's been t teaching us from the beginning about the heart. So what's the biggest mm -hmm. thing that they've seen? That the blood clots and that there's myocarditis and pericarditis damage. Exactly. So if this is shooting off the heart, do you think clots could just get stuck other places too? Right. So this is what's okay. happening. So, when so it's, it's coming that same up, mechanism of function. Right, exactly. Yep. So when these, these spike proteins are, you know, aggregating, coalescing, congregating, having a party when they're not allowed, right, and over proliferating, they're shooting off to that, like I said, that internal carotid back to the back of the eye where the ophthalmic branch is, where the nerve comes from here. So it's coming mm -hmm. into the back of the eye. And what's happening is the smallest vessels in the body are in your eyes and in your mm -hmm. toes. I am not going to check mm -hmm. anyone's toe jam. Not happening. But I will look in the eyes. And guess what? The only part of the body that you can look in at a functioning blood flow without cutting into the human is the eyeball. So when, really? you, dil mm -hmm. when you dilate the eye, make it big, you get to look inside the blood flow of that patient without having to cut into them. So what am I seeing? Tiny little hemorrhages. Okay, hemorrhages are breaks in the blood vessels and clots that are forming. And it not, might not necessarily be at the center part of the eye. It could be way out here to the side because blood vessels are everywhere around the eye. It gives the nutrition, mm -hmm. gives, the, mm -hmm. gives the, the body its, its um, yeah, its nutrition. It gives it its yeah. way, you know, it's got to bathe it. It's got to give its food mm -hmm. and everything like that. But if you stop it, if it's like a roadblock, you know, you've got the intersection, everything's going, the bifurcations, or the, the roads that are splitting off into different forks. And then all of a sudden there's like, stop, there's an impediment. Somebody puts this block in the road, then you don't get the blood flow. And if you don't get the blood flow, and if it's in the center part, then all of a sudden the patient's like, I don't see anything anymore. Mm -hmm. That's pretty scary. And that's so all. So it's been sudden onset blindness almost? Yes, and I even had another, wow. I, I had another, um, It was she was a nurse actually, and she mm -hmm. was in Idaho, and she told me she was at the gas station. I think she was wearing her scrubs or something like that, and she, she told me that the person at the gas station told her, oh, one of my relatives uh, went blind in one eye because of the, of the clot that happened. And this is a random stranger, but what did Will Rogers say? Stranger is just a friend I haven't met yet. Yeah. So we're all on this planet together. We're all here to help each other. And I, I find it odd that somebody would go, they say, against the narrative. You know, if you go against the narrative, what's the narrative here? Saving people, saving people's vision, saving people's... Nobody's out to hurt anybody. It's like, don't shoot the messenger. Just because you don't agree with me doesn't make me mm -hmm. wrong and doesn't make you right. It makes me, I'm trying to just help. So that's all I can do. If I see something, I don't just say, mm, yeah, I don't want to look at it. It's just coincident. I can't do that. Another thing that's happening is the front of the eye. So the front of the eye is the cornea. Now the cornea is the only body part that has no blood vessels to it. Now that's even interesting. The eye is just the most fascinating creature, I think. It is just amazing. So now you get the blood flow from the back, from the heart and everything, and the front of the eye doesn't have any blood vessels. So how does it get its oxygen? It gets it from the air. So you get the oxygen from the air. So you don't need blood vessels because blood carries oxygen and that's how it gives mm -hmm. our supply. That's how we breathe. You know, every part of our body needs it. The only part that doesn't have it is the cornea. Okay. So where, so what's happening then? If, if you have a patient then who gets a transplant, meaning the cornea is removed, the damaged tissue, let's say you poked yourself. You know, I, I had a patient who had a tree branch that poked them when they were a kid and it caused inflammation and, and maybe a fungal infection and whatever, and his cornea turned white. Yeah, that's not, not a good scenario. But anyway, so what would happen is they would have to remove the damaged tissue, get the donor tissue from somebody who just passed away, and put it on the eye. Now, the, the, the chance of rejecting is almost nothing. 
Okay. You can't ever say zero. That's just not the world. Right. But it's very, 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 how many varies can I put? Extremely low chance of rejecting. Why? Because there's no blood vessels going to it. Now, if you, if you got a heart transplant, then what will happen is that the body will recognize that's not my heart and it will attack it and try to get rid mm-hmm. of it. So you put them on drugs that will suppress the immune response so it won't attack it. Those are called immunosuppressants. And, um, and that came out, a big one came out back in 1985, which is, um, which is like the cyclosporin and everything like that. So another history. So, so in and of itself, the cornea is very resilient to, to being rejected. However, what happens when you have a viral injection that's put into your body? Because if you look at vaccines of original vaccines that were made, mm-hmm. they were attenuated or weakened yep. versions of the virus, a, a weakened um, version of mumps or m- rubella. Mm-hmm. It was or a viral any- vector virus. I mean, exactly. a viral vector vaccine, right? Exactly. So Mm -hmm. it's attenuated, it's weakened, Mm -hmm. it's dead. Some in cases it's a dead virus. Sometimes it's just a very, very weak. uh, Mm -hmm. And so the body seizes it as foreign and then attacks it because it can't. It builds up that immune response. It's that lock Mm -hmm. and key. It attacks it. This is different. You are putting a potent, strong, virulent form of the virus into the body. And the body is already weakened because maybe it already had the exposure before and it hasn't built up its immune response. So now you put this virulent, strong version of the virus and the body is trying to fight it. But that viral injection is spreading like wildfire. So the immune response goes hyper. Okay. It goes like on overload. So what's happening now is the patient who had the transplant, let's say 20 years ago, is now all of a sudden losing the transplant. Their vision's going, the transplant is rejecting. And there's a, there's a study that was shown in 23 of 25 eyes, or is it 21 out of 23 eyes, rejected cornea transplant. This is unheard of, all because of a hyperproliferation, a hyper uh, immune response, trying to get rid of a virus that's in the body, and now the cornea is rejecting. It, it just is there any up. way to, I, I mean, absolutely. I agree. The, mm-hmm. the proliferation of the spike protein and the mm-hmm. new nature, the novel nature of this, you know, injection, mm-hmm. I can't even call it a vaccine also. It's not a vaccine. Right, right. Is very well, alarming. in the traditional sense, for sure. No, yeah, it's not in the traditional sense. No, it's mm-hmm. it's an entirely new take on an old product. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what can be done? Can anything be done for the issues with the retina or for the corneal transplant rejection? Right. So... Uh, I actually, you know, that's it, you know, it's a question I ask myself every day and, and I, I'm not the person, uh, you know, it's funny cause you know, when you have a doctor, you always say, okay, take this med and don't call me tomorrow. Right. Or take two of these or whatever. I've never been somebody who's pushed any type of drug or medicine unless, well, you know, I, I'm just not that person. I think I grew up in a home that, you know, if you had a headache, you lay down or you ate a sandwich because your blood sugar's low and you probably don't have enough. And that's why, you know, that's the way the body heals, right? The body does take time to heal. So you've got this in you. We were duped, right? We were all duped. So we've got to figure out a way to slow it down. And we've got to way to cre- increase our immune response to fight back. And I almost, I call it the ABCs. I actually did a a lecture on the ABCs of diabetes and it came up, I just kind of thought about it and I go, you know what, there's probably the ABCs of dealing with long COVID because, you know, long COVID is really not long COVID. I mean, it it is because it's COVID that won't go away, but it's because of the injection over and over and over again. And we're at the eighth version. There's an eighth booster out now. Eight. Yeah. I remember hearing in the beginning that there would be eight boosters. Yes. Right. If the first one didn't work, what do you think seven more is going to do to you? Really? I mean, when I was a kid, you took one and done. Okay. I don't understand. And then the people say, well, you know, they just, they're just looking out for us. Well, no, they're looking out for their ching ching pocketbooks because they're the ones really making money off of this. Yes. 
So I, I'm anyway, I don't want to get on that soapbox. My my point is, so what can we do? What are the things that we can do? Well, if I think about, like I said, the ABCs, one of the things is, you know, an apple a day will keep the doctor away. Well, what's an apple? It has something called quercetin, Q-U-E-R-C-E-T-I-N. I hope I spelled that right. Anyway, so quercetin, that's another thing that will help the immune response and help you get rid of it's not necessarily get rid of the, the infection or whatever is in you, but it'll keep your immunity up so you don't have to, let's say, worry so much about it. And that the other thing is worry is terrible. You stop. Mm-hmm. Just put your faith in God if you believe. If you don't, then God help mm-hmm. you. But anyway, um, literally, right? Anyway, mm-hmm. But you really have to, well, it's that faith over fear I keep hearing about. I think mm-hmm. that's absolutely brilliant because your immune response will go up because of your strength. Mm-hmm. So- the second thing, B, B for berries, you know, berries mm-hmm. contain polyphenols, anthocyanins. These are all fancy words, but these are antioxidants will help you stay healthy and beautiful and everything. C, vitamin C. Now, everybody knows vitamin C is something that we need um, on a daily basis because it increases immunity. Anytime you get sick, they always tell, drink some orange juice. Well, no, I would stay away from the orange juice because it has toxic chemicals like glyphosates and things like that. Mm -hmm. If you want to squeeze an orange and put it in some water and have an orange drink, that's fine. Squeeze a lemon, squeeze a lime, you know, that the vitamin C and that in itself, it helps. Everybody pushes supplements. I'd rather have my food as medicine instead of a supplement. That's just me. So if I'd rather, I'd like the flavor profile anyway, right? So I like to eat good food. I like that. I like the way it tastes. Stay away from packaged items. Packaged items are... They put locusts in them, for goodness sake, and insect guts. I'm not eating something that says, you know, yellow dye number nine, whatever it is. Those are the things that are going to kill you. You don't want those things in a package. You want the things as whole foods, right? The product that itself. Anyway, I'm going on soapbox. I don't want to do that. D, what can we do for D? Vitamin D, specifically, you know, the D3, if you're going to take it as a pill. The best way to get vitamin D is what? Uh, Sun. Sunshine. Yeah. Put 15 minutes outside in your birthday suit and you get most of your skin exposed and you get, well, you don't want to wear your birthday suit with your neighbors looking, but maybe a bathing suit or something. But you want as much skin exposure just to have the Mm -hmm. 15 minutes of UV rays. Now, what do they always say? Oh, UV is bad. It's going to cause cancer, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? They did a study where the Western diet versus a very healthy diet, those individuals on a Western diet with burgers, fries, and, you know, anything that, you know, comes packaged and stuff, and they put them in that with UV sunlight versus a patient who doesn't have it. Those people who had uh, the Western diet are the ones who ended up with the cancer. Those people who didn't mm. have the Western diet, who had had a clean, healthy diet, never had cancer. So it's the mm. UVs triggering that that's causing the skin cancers and right. whatnot. So, so that's just a misnomer. So the, the sun is not a bad thing. Now, baking out there for 10 hours, yeah, that could be probably some, you know, damage on you. But right. look at Mel Gibson. That's all I got to say. Wow guy used to be so good looking and now he's like wrinkle anyway never mind all right so now um yeah d d3 d okay so uh e what's e eggs but not eggs specifically it's egg yolk again mm-hmm. a study in 2021 showed uh, chinese scientists showed that the actual egg yolk neutralizes the sars-cov-2 virus the yolk huh. of the egg yes i hadn't heard that before and all the things i'd heard yeah. Oh, I can share the okay. article with you. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I have everything I'm saying is evidence-based. It's not just me coming off the cuff. It's oh, everything that's saying. That. Yeah. But it's just stuck mm-hmm. in my head because, you know, I have mm-hmm. to tell patients all the time, okay, yeah. tell me what's wrong. Tell me what's wrong. Let me see if I can help you. But egg yolk neutralizes the virus. And that's why they what? Oh, everybody has to have egg white omelets. Well, the white uh-huh. of the omelet is not going to help you. It's the yolk. Right. And you, in another study, showed that you can have one to two eggs every single day, and it does not affect heart health. Actually, it yeah. helps you. It's it's such misnomers that we've been told, and they're all mm-hmm. lies. And you've got to really dig in deep and figure out who do you trust. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And um, don't believe anything that I'm saying. Do your own research. Look it up. It's amazing how much is out there. Do your PubMed research, type it up, and look. You're like, wow, egg yolk. That's really good for you. All right, so egg. F, fish. Fish has always been good for you. Of course, they always say, oh, you don't have too much fish because you're going to have mercury toxicity. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. There is so much. You know, nobody's telling you you need a whole gallon of it every day. Just have a little bit. You know, holy mm-hmm. mackerel. That's what the M is. M. Mackerel is good for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why it's holy. Anyway. All right, so <laughs> fish. G, garlic. Garlic mm-hmm. is... Uh, 
God's immune capsule, right? That little clove of garlic is so healthful, you know, is that a word? Healthful, healthy, mm -hmm. um, yeah. will help you keep your immunity up. But nobody wants to, you know, smell like garlic all day. And I have patients, I don't want to breathe on them or that. But what I do is I put it in honey. Now, honey, they mm. said, well, that's sugar. That's bad for you. No, no, sugar is sugar. This is honey. Honey is different. Yeah. Actually, honey has been shown to actually help patients who are diabetic. Another study showed that. You put mm -hmm. the cloves of garlic into honey that is in your neighborhood. So don't get something that was New York City. Get something that's in your own backyard. Get the honey that's local, okay? If you can find a, a bee apiary, that would be great. Um, if not, then you can even go to your store and just look for, the, you know, like I'm in Texas, so I look for honey here. But I actually have a patient who uh, told me she has her own um, bee farm, whatever it's called, not ant farm, awesome. but bee farm. Um, and um, so I get my honey from her because it's locally based from Houston. So it's great. So anyway, digress. So you pour, you fill it up, the uh, uh, cloves of garlic, you pour the honey in there and then you let it sit about a month or so. And um, that will cause that uh, um, honey to um, get the garlic in it. And so you've got this garlic honey and you take two spoons of that every day and there's your medicine. If you are all about medicine, there's your medicine. It's natural. It's uh, in your backyard. So you've got now got the immunity of everything around you. And um, I'm not a sugar fiend, like the sweet taste. I don't like to say mm -hmm. so. Uh, honey to me is very, very sweet. So this kind of mm -hmm. tamps it down and has that neat kind of garlic thing. And you probably could cook with it too if you want to make some. Yeah, it sounds delicious. Would you like fill up like how many garlic cloves to honey I just, ratios? I just, just fill it up. Whatever. I just keep pouring in. I'm like, because sometimes I'll eat the garlic clove itself because it's, mm -hmm. it's not as strong because now it's infused with yeah. honey. So I'll cut it up and eat it. So when I start seeing this going low, I'll just put some more in there. There's no right or wrong. This is going okay. thousands of years, Ayurvedic generations, just thinking of that. Um, we, our ancestors really took care of themselves. And before they had the uh, Rockefeller medicine that basically is everything is petroleum oil based mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, cancers didn't exist before that. And yeah, everything is synthetic now. Yes, exactly. Yes. Everything yeah. is. Um, and we just got to go back to the roots, right? We got to go figure out. Uh, and if you have grandparents that are still alive, man, pick their brains. Mm -hmm. Say, hey, what did you all do when you had a head cold? Well, we stuck ourselves right. in a steam and we had, you know, all that stuff. And it, yes, it does take longer because it's homeopathy as opposed to allopathy. Right. It's homeopathy. So it does mm -hmm. take longer. But even if it takes longer, there's less side effects and you will feel right. better. And then your immune system is now up so that you don't even have to, you know, think about it the next time. Because now you, it, it just kind of goes dominoes effect because now your mm -hmm. immunity's up. So the next time you're bombarded yeah. with somebody coughing or breathing on you, you know, I seldom shake hands anymore. I was like, namaste, right? Mm -hmm. I don't shake hands because I know... Uh, you can get even, you know, Veruca or viral warts from yeah. a person just shaking hands. So I, I would just kind of stay away from that and just, you know, I'm a hugger though. You know, come on, give me a hug, whatever. But um, we know that, right? You're a great hugger. Yes, You're, I, I do know what that. It is, right? <laughs> <laughs> Healing for the ages. She, she's like, where's the hugger? Where's Carrie? We need Carrie. So yeah, they got you on stage and everything. So I get I it. I do love me a good hug. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, anyway, what, so there's what, so many more. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that we as individuals can kind of talk to our doctor or interview a doctor? Like, what are some things that we can use as like guideposts about this is going to be a good fit or a bad fit? Like, what are some things as an individual that because it feels really overwhelming as an individual to try and have to advocate for yourself at this level? So, yeah, that that's actually a really good question, because there are um, first of all. Um, you know, it's become political and mm -hmm. I never get into politics with my patients because I don't think that's smart. We all are, you right. know, we all grew up differently and we all have our, our value systems based on whatever it is. So a lot of the times the, the patient may not know how to approach that doctor because of certain viewpoints they have. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when a, a, a patient is referred to me, I'm just, I'm just listening. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to figure out where they're coming from. So one of the things they want to know is 
what do you do for standard of care for XYZ? So if you had a patient who has diabetes, for example, and you need to go and you just don't like the doctor that you were seeing, okay, I'm just going to go there. What What's the big thing that everyone's doing for weight management, which started with a diabetic drug? What was Ozempic. that? Ozempic. Mm. So you know mm-hmm. what that is? Do you know what it is? Uh, I know that it, the, no, I don't know what it is. I know that it goes by another trademark name of Wagovi. But okay. Oh, sure. Oh, no, yes. Yeah. Not, I, I did. Okay. Okay. I, I guess I didn't make it too specific. So it's semaglutide, right? That's it. Oh yeah. Yes. Semaglutide. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a GLP-1 receptor mm-hmm. binding product and it's causing the patients to lose all this weight, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you actually look up where they derive this drug from, and you just type it in, Gila monster venom. It's oh. the venom from a Gila monster. So type in Ozempic, Gila monster venom, and voila, you will see that. And now CNN just reported this maybe a month or so ago. There's a 1,500% increase in emergency room visits secondary to Ozempic. Ah. Oh. Hmm. Well, that seems super safe and effective. Hmm. Effective mm. in killing them, super yeah. safe for the pharmaceutical companies that don't get any, you know, a slap on the wrist and say, don't do right. that again. Right. And now they've got seven new products that are actually coming out now, tirazepatide and all these different mm-hmm. ones and these weight loss centers. Actually, I'm working with another company who um, has this new handheld device that you put on to the eye and you look at the patient and it will detect uh, diabetic retinopathy faster. Uh, Okay. So retina, retina is the back of the eye. Uh, Mm -hmm. Opathy is disease state. So, Mm -hmm. uh, diabetic retinopathy is basically blood vessels that are exploding all over the back of the eye, secondary to uncontrolled diabetes. Okay. Okay. So those patients who are on, uh, so this, this new technology, which is AI, artificial intelligence driven, can do the algorithms to figure out if you're going to get diabetic retinopathy at a faster rate than somebody else. It's a new technology. Yes, exactly. So I'm working Mm -hmm. with this company that um, it it just finished their phase three of FDA and hopefully will be out uh, next or hopefully this year. I'll keep you posted. It's based out of Finland, the company. Anyway, um, the point I'm saying is the that company actually went to different weight loss centers have now come mm-hmm. to this company because weight loss centers don't look in the eye. Mm-hmm. They are showing an increase of everyone ending up with this ridiculous amount of blurred vision because mm. of this weight loss drug. Okay. Mm. So they want this technology so they can check. This is a weight loss center. So mm-hmm. when the certain studies that are now coming out are mm-hmm. saying, Oh, this drug does not cause an increase in diabetic retinopathy. No, it doesn't cause an increase. It, it causes it to speed it up. Right. It's speeding up the red. So it could be 20, 30 years from now as opposed to, you know, two years. So these right. people are taking it. So do you know the same receptor, this GLP-1, this glucagon-like peptide 1? That's what is that's the receptor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what you can do instead of taking this medicine or this poison, this Gila monster venom? What can do you, you know do? You know the same thing that has naturally extra virgin olive oil binds oh. to the same receptor as that. And you want to lose weight and you don't want to have diabetic retinopathy, take 2 tablespoons before you eat your meal. And it will bind to the same receptors as that. And you keep doing that and you're going to lose weight. Also, hmm. probably getting a dog. That's the thing I say to most people. Get a dog. And it's like, why get a dog? Because it'll make, make you, you walk. Mm-hmm. I have two walk. dogs and they get me walking every day. I love it. Voila. See, that's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Maybe go to a yeah. you know pet shelter. That little puppy leads me to home. But those are the things that, that can help you with those patients. So now. You as a patient, go ask the doctor, mm-hmm. what, well, what do you believe in? Well, the doctor doesn't know because, remember, they've been conditioned. This is how they treat. They don't even, you know, you're just a number 10 check, you know, mm-hmm. get them in the room, whatever. They don't really think about it like that. So it's your job to what? Interview them. So, but you mm-hmm. don't want to interrogate a doctor because they're like, I don't want this patient. They're cray cray. No. But what you want to do is like, hey, listen, I've gone to XYZ doctors and they've told me I have to take this, this, this. Do you believe the same approach or not? And let them answer. They'll say, yeah, yeah, that's what we do. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. that's not what I want. 
or, oh, that is what I want. So you should do your own homework and know that what, you know, do you want to go a more functional medicine route, more homeopathic route, more natural medicine route? Or do you want to go to the same, just give me a pill and I'm done? Because I do have another patient. Uh, I keep telling her, you know, if you don't lose weight and you don't, you know, change your diet habits, you're going to end up with this retinopathy. And she said, no, I don't have to because I can eat whatever I want. The doctor gives me a pill and I can just do whatever I want. I'm like, okay, that's no. Um, yeah. And she's that's at least how that works. No, no, you got to take control of yourself. You can't just, yeah. and then who the one they blame, they blame the doctor. Well, you told me I could take this medicine and I can do what I want. No, they didn't. You heard what you wanted to hear. But the, the reality is you have to take charge of your own body and you have to take charge of your own self because the government's not going to do it. Your doctor's not going to do it, only you. And so eating the right way. Now, what's right way? And I hate the word diet because it's not a diet. It's, it's a lifestyle change. If you consider food as medicine, If you consider food as medicine and you take the right medicine, one, it's tastier, one, you'll eat the right amount, and then you'll only eat the amount that you need because you, you know, supersize it, that's the biggest detriment to the societies of, you know, supersize your big, okay, first of all, any of those uh, drinks, those sodas and stuff, that's, again, pure poison. So. If you want to break down your pancreas and make sure that it's going on overdrive and, and not functioning the way it's supposed to, you just overload it with sugar. Another way, you know how to get rid of cancer? Everyone's like, oh, I got cancer this. Yeah, how to get, stop the sugar. Mm-hmm. Cancer feeds on sugar. So there's mm-hmm. a relation with diabetes and cancer. So you have increased risk of, of cancer because the sugar is they call it tumorogenesis. The tumor mm-hmm. genesis means creation. So yep. this this creation of these tumors are happening because of the cancer. It is it's insane. I mean because of the sugar and then and mm-hmm. that's because of the pancreas. And why is the pancreas not working? Because you're not exercising. Okay, so there's another study that was done. It was a very simple thing. It's called HIT, high intensity interval mm. training. Yep. In the study, it showed that if you do high-intensity interval training, so let's say you do a 30-minute walk or whatever, and you're just going to slowly walk in, you're listening to the tunes on the radio, whatever it is, if you speed it up just a little bit, pump up your heart rate just a little bit, it increases the growth of beta cells in the pancreas, which are the ones that get the insulin out and absorb all that extra sugar in there. So it's called HIT training. So if you hit the mark, you can actually reverse your diabetes naturally. It's insane. It is. And every time I look at it, it's like, well, I don't know why we're not teaching these patients that. No, it's easier to just give them a pill and say, yep. see ya, see you in three months, see you in six months, and we'll check your sugar level again. I never, I never want to see a patient again, unless it's going to, you know, say hi, you know, and give me some dark chocolate. I'm a dark chocolate fiend. I like dark chocolate. I love it. You know, but those are the things you have to think about. You know, if that's my vice, then that's what it is. But those are the things you have to think about when it comes to these things, just taking in charge of your health. And I know I'm, I feel like I'm beating a drum here, but it's such a simple thing to do. And yet we can't do it. So, so here's the thing my dad always taught me when I was a kid. He said, a habit is hard to break. Okay, so if you word the word habit, H-A-B-I-T, if you take off the H, you have a bit. If you take mm-hmm. off the A, you have bit. If you take mm-hmm. off the B, you have it. A habit is hard to break. Even the word habit is hard to break right. because you still have it. So yeah. so instead of making it a bad habit, switch it to a good habit and don't break that habit, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Offer something to replace it with. Exactly. That serves you better. Right. No, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Ding, 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 nail on head. Boom. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so this is just so, little things like that. Mm-hmm. I know with medical doctors, there's a lot of just like, I can't say it, purposeful obfuscation of, you know, personal empowerment for their patients. Right. Is that true with optometry? Is, is there also a kind of concerted push to disempower individuals from doing their own research? Is there like a whole trusty experts mentality in the optometry world? No, I think that's with any profession. And I do find with my own colleagues sometimes um, because I have to teach them. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I do get a little bit of pushback maybe per se, like you're saying, because they also are drinking the Kool-Aid and, Mm -hmm. and I actually allow that, you know, I do believe if you want to drink the Kool-Aid and you want to just sip it up and think that's, you know, the end all be all, 
that's okay because that's your choice. Yep, but choice. don't make me drink that Kool-Aid. That's my choice. So there's a difference in that regard. Yes. Now, I do believe that um, and each individual is the same. And it doesn't even matter in my profession or any profession. I do believe there is a concerted effort out there to make sure that people who have a different opinion not allowed to speak that opinion. Now, here's the thing, though. If you can prove the results that are from that, right? If you can show that if you give a patient, you know, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or vitamin C or or abstaining from, you know, certain things out there, these are the things they don't want people to know about. Now, that's mm -hmm. when I start questioning it. Why? Mm -hmm. What? Yeah. What is your agenda? Oh, because vitamin C or ivermectin is like fifteen cents as opposed to five thousand dollars. So I and look at the you know, patent issue. You know, ivermectin is a generic now, and they want the new novel drugs that are under patents. And vaccines have a patent in perpetuity, so there's never any generic created from it. Right. And so if you start saying it's not good for you and then it's like, oh, well, now what are we going to do? Because now people are not going to take our medicine because now we're going to lose the money. It's never been about patient health. It's always yeah. been about cha-ching the bottom line. So I would rather go to a doctor who's trying to tell me this is what I need to do. Um, and and if again, Pushing and somebody could say, well, you're pushing vitamin C on a problem. Like, no, I'm not. I'm telling you, this is the study. This is what I've seen. And all my mm -hmm. patients who have done it somehow, they've gotten better. Mm -hmm. Okay. You don't want to get better? Your choice. But these are the options. I always give option A, B, C. Mm -hmm. And then you, and okay, here, here's another thing. Not everything works on every single patient. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to go into something with the cornea because that's my deal. So I have a patient who has been seen by uh, uh, one doctor, okay, and they have severe dry eyes. And then they go to another doctor, and that doctor says, well, don't take this brand of tear. Take this brand of tear. Okay, you're just basically switching bottles on them, but you're not getting to the root cause. And this is the difference. This is, this is how you find out which doctor is going to work for you. So then I will do certain tests on that individual and I'll look and I'll go, okay, well, do you know there's three layers to the tears? And they're looking at me. Nobody's told me that. Mm -hmm. All right. So the top tier layer is produced by the glands behind, in your eyelid. Okay. Mm -hmm. The uh, the middle tier layer is produced by that lacrimal gland, which I showed our, our audience mm -hmm. before, that lacrimal gland behind. And that's produced. And then the, the bottom tier layer is produced by cells in the white part of the, uh, on top of the white part of the eye called the conjunctiva. When I say to them, the doctor who gave you this drop, did they do this testing to figure out which tier layer is effective? And they're like, I didn't even know there were three tier layers. Okay. So then I'll say, okay, well, I'm seeing your lacrimal gland is functioning per perfectly fine. Your conjunctiva is perfectly fine, but your top layer, your lipid layer is not functioning correctly behind the glands. So what we're going to do is now treat that. And they're just like mind blown. And I said, look, you're 55 years old. It's going to take you maybe 55 days before you get better because it took you 55 years yep. to get this dry. It's not going to be overnight. But if you're right. willing to work with me, then let's figure this out. And sure enough, even today, that's why I'm sorry I got delayed because even today, this patient drove it. They drive him from everywhere. I mean, I'm getting them from everywhere. So she drives four hours to see me. And she says to me, okay, this is the first time I can wake up in the morning without my eyes hurting. The first time time and it took her two months and I told her mm -hmm. it's going to take it. You just have to be patient. You have to be consistent. You have to want to do mm -hmm. it because, you know, I can lead a horse to water, but I can't make him drink. I can tell them what to do, but unless they don't do their homework and I even write it, I write it, your homework assignment and you're going to come mm -hmm. back into us, you know, six to eight weeks. And then I'm going to see if you're, and we're going to test you again. And if you're at, you know, symptomatically, you might feel a little bit better, but but objectively, I've got to see if there's an improvement. And voila, I saw an improvement. So then mm -hmm. I thought, okay, are you feeling better? Because I'm seeing it's better. She's like, yes, I can open my eyes for the first time. So the same thing goes with any type of treatment, any type of medicine, any type of thing in life. You got to get to the root cause of it. Mm -hmm. And if and same thing with this this virus. Now we know that this mm -hmm. virus has been around, right? It's actually been around since the when did they discover it and the electron microscopy it was 1950s okay mm -hmm. this it's been around for a very long time exactly this is not a new mm -hmm. thing 
Now, them making it a lab and doctoring it up and making it more virulent, well, yeah, that's a new thing, and that's man tinkering with things. Were we talking earlier synthetic, right? Mm -hmm. So this virus, you know how they got the name? Do you have any idea? Mm -mm. I do not. Okay, so corona, it's an RNA virus, RNA, yes, ribonucleic acid, okay? Mm-hmm. So when they looked under it in the electron microscopy, which is this high magnification system, they oh, did... Oh, it looked like a, like a coronal, right? Corona like of the sun, mm-hmm. exactly. Yep. So the spikes around it look like the corona of the sun, and that's how they generated the name, just because of the way it looked. So this, this virus has been around forever, and if it's been around forever, they needed more and more people to be exposed to it in order to build up the immune response naturally to fight off the infection. Oh, okay, fine. And if you have a good immunity, you could fight it off very quickly. If you had a bad immunity because you have all these co- comorbidities, hypertension, uncontrolled, diabetes, uncontrolled, you know, um, you name it, whatever. These individuals who had just poor health choices leading to a poor health condition leading to it's going to take longer even when i had that freedom radio show i had somebody call in my father's not well and you keep saying it's no big deal i'm like no no i didn't say the virus was a big deal big the virus is a big deal okay taking care of yourself is it even a bigger deal so the fact that your your father had high blood pressure and, and uncontrolled diabetes made his situation worse so now you've got to control that in order to help it. And again, who, what what's gets affected? The eyes are affected and the toes because they are the smallest vessels in the body. So I'll be the first one to see it or anybody who's looking into the eyes would be the first ones to see these issues on this these types of patients and then address it. And if they do their homework like they're supposed to, they can themselves cure so I know Lee Lee's uh, uh, lawyers have taught doctors you cannot say the word cure, but there's so many cures out there that can help the person stay healthy and then be, you know, be that all that you want to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can go on. I know. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here, and I don't mean to do that. I'm just trying to say that a lot of the times we are our own um, advocates, and yes. uh, we need to advocate for our health in order to stay healthy in order to keep ourselves away from because they're going to create another virus they're going to create something else marburg ebola whatever it is and all those things are going to come out at you but you have to be stewards of your own health and you have to take care of yourself before you put that that um that uh, barricade up before the marauders come in you know yep. the the castle wall comes up the, the gate yeah. the moat is you know the alligators are around and everything ready to attack right. them but you have to protect your own castle which is you you are your yep. own castle you're the king of your castle or the queen of yes. your castle no one's more invested in your good outcome than you are yeah don't or trust so it should else. be yeah like always well, yeah. advocate but also, you know, don't you think a lot of people have that blame game? Well, she should have told me to do this. You know, you need to take care of you. And, you know, I I tried to do my best. We're not perfect. That's why we're always in, in medicine, they call it. We're in practice. We're not imperfect. If we were imperfect, it wouldn't be a medical practice. We're always practicing. We're always trying to get it right. We're always trying to learn from another person. What? Well, you know what? This worked on this person. I'm going to see if I can try it on this person. Which, you know, gets me to another thing. There's so many things like regenerative medicine that is coming out that are using your own tissues and your own cells. They're, they're even having eye drops that are made. You draw your own blood, you spin it down, and then you remove the serum and then you make the eye drops from that. That's your own body. There's wow. a, there's a, mm-hmm, yeah, we're doing that a lot. And then now they're even doing platelet-rich um um, formulas instead of autologous serum, auto meaning self, mm-hmm. autologous yeah. self serum. So mm-hmm. instead of doing that, I've been doing for the last 10 years now. Um, in fact, I teach all the doctors I've taught. I don't even know how many people. It's so many people on this, um, but I've been doing for the last 10 years now about uh, regrowing corneal tissue using um, um, stem cells from umbilical cord and amniotic membrane from when the baby's born. Mm-hmm. And so it, I've, I've done, I don't know, maybe 2,000 cases at least where the tissue's damaged and then you put it in a contact lens, put it on the eye and it regrows the tissue and then the patient sees again. You know, case wow. after case, when I see that and I know I can help them, I'm, I'm like, why, aren't every, why isn't everybody doing it? Oh, mm-hmm. it takes too much time. You have to go through insurance. You have to do them like, then why are we doing what we're doing? 
We right. are doing it because we have that gift. God has given us that talent and that gift, and it's us, our job to help those as many people as we can, which brings me to why, how we met, right? How we met yes. was, we were, um, she invited me to come to the Capitol to mm-hmm. help um, testify. Testify for some bills. Yes. Yeah. And, and uh, we did get something passed. So um, we got many things passed that legislative session. We got four incredible bills passed that regular session, and we were able to go back for a special session and get additional legislation passed. It was a wonderful, wonderful session that this last year. And I would like to share that one one little clip with your audience. Um, oh yes, please. Okay. All right. So let's see. Uh, do I go to let's go see, to the second. bottom? It says share. Oh, here it oh, is. There it is. Okay, so this is at the Texas Senate uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Committee on Health and Human Services, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the senators is basically asks, asking, you know, why wh- why are we doing this? And um, it's almost a glib moment in a very serious day because we were there from nine a.m. to nine p.m. Yes, <laughs> it was it was a very, very long yeah, day, powerful long. but long. <laughs> yes. And after so many testimonies, it's kind of like, what What are we going to mm-hmm. say? So let's see if I can play this clip. So you're doing mm-hmm. your own research. Isn't that what we're all doing here? Trying to find evidence and seeing, is there something going on? And if there is, then we need to tell people about it so they can let us know. That's why I'm working, again, as a professor, I'm working on a lecture to tell all the doctors, start looking for these things and start asking so we can get together and get this information. More numbers, more people watching it. And that's all we can do right now, unless you guys stop this fact. So as a follow-up on other bills that have payers, Mm-hmm. Um, as a doctor, would you want to input this about your patients or is it too uh, burdensome? Saving a life is burdensome since when? I'm sorry. I'm, but I'm sorry. I can't, this is that's, the feedback that I'm getting. So um, Then they don't really, then they shouldn't be doing what they're doing. They should be CPAs or something. Sorry. That, no, well, not, no. Uh, no sorry. Yeah. That was bad. Taking down Perry over here. <laughs> Well, you know, I'm dealing with taxes too. It's a lot of work. I'm sure that's. I just threw somebody under the bus and reversed. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, that was just a little kind of sweet moment, but it was was true. Yeah. It was like we were like, why are we still, why is this thing still out there? And why? Why haven't they stopped it completely? And why is the justification for not reporting these injuries being that it's burdensome to report them? That right. blows my mind. That yeah. doesn't even make sense to me. No. Uh, I, it, you know, with is, everything else in the world, you see something, say something, except yep. for this, hide yes. it under the rug. That doesn't make right. any sense. That doesn't make any sense. So that's why it's up to people like you to get and that you. out there and yeah. just um, make more and more people aware, and which you have done a phenomenal job, I must say. Thank and you. I appreciate people like you and Texans for Vaccine Choice and uh, everybody out there. Well, we appreciate doctors like you who continue to make medicine what it should have been, which is a partnership between the doctor and the patient with the Wait goal a of a mutual Are you outcome. trying to say it's MAGA, make medicine great again? <laughs> medicine does need to be made great again. There's been a lot it of can. trust loss. And doctors like you restore that faith by reminding them that that doctor-patient relationship truly is sacred. And that you are your own best advocate and that you are wanting to work with someone who wants to work with you. And that is a message that really needs to be remembered. Right. It is a relationship. Mm -hmm. You have to, if you don't have that trust or anything, and you know, we, 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 it's a conversation. If, you know, I feel like, Hey, I thought this was doing well. And the patient say, you know what? It's, I just don't feel any different. Okay. Okay. Let's, you know, change trajectory and figure out what we can do together, but it is together. Yep. And if you're saying do this and they're saying, I don't want to, or somebody's pushing something that you're uncomfortable with, it's like, step back. Right. We, we can't do that anymore. Yeah. Well, we communicate. should never have done that the beginning. Communication. Yeah. Exactly. Communicate and trust building yeah. on both sides. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Well, I agree. Mm-hmm. I have been... Thoroughly fun fact for the day. That idea of the cornea not having any blood vessels of itself is amazing to me. I had never, ever heard of that before. 
and also hearing about, yeah, the vascularity and also hearing about the differences and with the tear ducts and about the COVID vaccine injuries that are showing up in the eyes, just mind blowing. I'm so grateful that you took some time. And you know what's also when I do these mm-hmm. lectures and I and and you know some they'll they'll type things in the chats all the doctors and it's like mm-hmm. you know I have been seeing an increase in hemorrhages but I thought it was because their diabetes was up and like or or they've been diagnosed with hypertension I'm like no it, it no right. it could be with that but I'm seeing more and more with after this vaccine and a lot of the times the patient says but I had the vax two years ago. Mm-hmm. it's taking time for it to proliferate right. and increase and everything. It doesn't yeah. happen overnight. So mm-hmm. something you even done, you know, six months ago versus, you know, six days ago, there, there's right. some correlation. Some people have anaphylactic or immediate reaction. Mm-hmm. Some people have a delayed reaction. So mm-hmm. it, you know, just to just throw it under the rug is wrong. We have to mm-hmm. pay attention They're They're telling us everything they're doing. It's just for mm-hmm. us to not wake up to that. But right. if there's anyone in the uh, Houston area who needs to see me or if anyone who wants to do a telehealth with me mm-hmm. and, and not sure what to do with their eyes or the dryness, I have a lot of questions on floaters these days. And, and actually, I, I'm doing a, a thought or a lecture because this blue light that's emanating from these monitors and things mm-hmm. are increasing dries, but it's also causing damage to the retina. So I'm mm-hmm. um, working on the ABCs to help those patients. Um, I've gotten some really great questions. So if you want to find me, go to www.docnanda.com, docnanda.com, screen to the bottom of the screen, uh, page, and then they'll see, click for telehealth appointment. I'll be happy to talk to you or anybody who needs it. If you don't have appointment time that you like, you can always email me and we can talk because I don't want anybody to feel isolated on the island. And if you need to see a doctor in the city that you're in, luckily, since I used to speak around the whole world and probably in every state in the United States, I might be able to find a doctor that can help you. They might not be awake, but at least they're good at what they do. And they can help diagnose if there's something that we can help you with. So if I can help, I will be happy to. So www.docnanda, D-O-C-N-A-N-D-A.com. Thank you. That's awesome. I am so appreciative of your time and of all the work that you're doing. You are extremely active in the community as a you know, medical liberty advocate, which I'm sure you never really intended to be. And no. so I'm so thankful for your willingness to step out. And to really fight for your principles and for the principles of all of us. If if we don't have the courage to stand, there will be no one to stand for us. Wow. That is so. that's very prophetic. Um that that's that old expression that was said they first came after the union yep. workers. I wasn't a union worker, so I didn't say anything. Then they came after the mm-hmm. laborers, but I wasn't a laborer and I didn't say anything. Yep. Then they came after me and nobody was left to speak up for me. So I'm speaking yep. up for everybody and everybody else needs to speak up too, because yep. you know, there are more of us than there are of them. Yes. And no one is coming to save us. I always say no one is coming to save us. Whatever it means to you, we are it. And it's time that we start acting like it. We are it. Amen. Yes. High five. Thank you so much for coming, Dr. Nanda. I look forward very much to seeing you again very soon and giving you another fabulous hug. And anyone, again, please, www.docnanda.com, D-O-C-N-A-N-D-A.com. She is a wonderful physician who is absolutely willing to help you be resourced or get better. Thank you so much again. Thank you for listening to the Shot Callers podcast. Please, if you found value in this content, rate us and share the podcast with a friend. It's a great way to get the message out and to empower everyone to make informed decisions. Until next time. Never forget, we are the shot callers.